you've stumbled across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia where my hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Well, hello, Honest Potters. Maybe that's a new thing I should be calling you guys, Honest Potters. Well, it's probably not going to stick, but here we are. So you are probably not watching the YouTube, although for those of you are, howdy, hello. Uh, But for most of you, I know you're listening on, you know, your car or whatever. And I just want to give you a glimpse of what's happening right now, okay? (laughs) I just got done. Well, actually, I'm here with Tori Hine. So many of you know her. What's up? Honest Potters. Yes, the Honest Potters. And we've had such a great, we have just, it's just so fun when I bring Tori on. So whenever I'm looking at series, I'm always like, how can I fit Tori into this? Because it's just such a good time. And Tori has, Tori yeah. is like me where she has opinions about everything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing you'd like, and it could be from the least to the greatest. But if I ask you about it, you'll have a thought. Yeah. Like, what do you think about? ham and cheese sandwiches. I'll be like, I have an opinion. I know, right? And this is why I appreciate you because I, because same, 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 same. I am very, Uh, there's very few things that I'm like, I don't know. And even if I don't know, I'll still choose to have an opinion. But anyway, all that to say (laughs) is- very few things that I don't know. That I don't know how I feel about. (laughs) There's a lot of things I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. There's a lot of things I don't. There's very few (laughs) things I don't know how I feel about. So- I have lots of feelings. So that being said, Tori and I just finished this last weekend. You guys will be listening to this. And just this, when you guys are listening to us, it's literally just this last weekend that we finished our uh, certificate program for freedom movement. It's, we graduated 25 freedom coaches. Our very first freedom. Yeah. And you were part of this group. Yes. I was a student. And. As well as somehow a trainer and an employee. Of freedom so, movement. And I'm like, how did I end up Maybe here? we went backwards on it, but so it worked good. out. It was, it was so, so good. good. It, it was amazing. And so we're a little bit, we're a little tired. We're yeah. a little frazzled. We're a little tired. Blissfully exhausted. That's right. I'm wearing makeup from yesterday. I am wearing a shirt. Per under, you. Per you. It looks great. I am wearing a shirt underneath <laughs> this black little sweater that I'm wearing. It's the shirt I slept in. Oh, confessionals of the honest spot. We're just being honest. So thumbs up on that. Have you ever gone, gotten up, Tori, on one of your days and like just been like, this is what I'm, you have? Every week, (laughs) almost, definitely every week it's happening. And that's usually the part of the week where it's like, you know what? I'm really, I'm starting to feel really bad about myself. And then I take a perspective shift and I'm like, well, for starters, I'm wearing my pants, <laughs> that so might be let's just that might be feeding there. into it. But you don't really wear a lot of makeup, so there's not like a lot of days where I see you where you're wearing makeup from the day before. You're very good with your skin. You are very good with your skin. I I care. About I know my skin. this Arbon. Yeah. It's your and Arbon it's days. It's very sensitive. It's my Arbon yeah. days, and also it's just I'm sensitive. So if I put on makeup and if I slip, what would happen? It, like you did last night, I'd wake up with at least five zips <laughs> on and. I'd look so haggard. Like the fact that you look as good as you do when you're like, oh yeah, I've had this makeup on for, this is day three. I'm like, how, how much makeup are a you lot. wearing? Number one. Apparently a lot. <laughs> Apparently a lot. Uh, but you know, you do have good skin and you probably when you're my age, Thanks. you'll end up looking 10 times younger than me because I'm weathered. But you know what? It's fine. There's just battles I have to choose. And this is not one. It's, washing my this face this one. morning was not the battle I could get my head around. Okay. that's <laughs> Putting on a new shirt. Not, not the, the battle. battle. Did I put a sweater on? Did I put deodorant on? I did. Did I brush my teeth? Yes. Ooh. 
That was about the extent Great. of the battle. So when I tell you guys, this is where I'm coming from. I also just forgot for a second that we're doing a podcast and I just started talking to you like we're just normally talking. I was like, oh yeah, we're on a podcast right now. I need to be serious Here or somehow are. get it together. But all this to say is we are in a series right now, Women Leading Honestly In, and we've done uh, In the Marketplace with Christina Smallwood. We have done In uh, Mother in My Body with Elisa Keaton. We've done In Ministry with, um, mm-hmm. I know, with Lori Wilhite. We've had some really great women on here speaking very honestly about those places. And one of, when I was putting the series together, I was like, man, I want to talk about leading honestly in motherhood because many yeah. are, in our demographic, I think we have, you know, 90% are women that are listening to this. And in that percentage, there's a high percentage that are moms. And the other percentage is all the fact is all of you have had moms. So there's that. And I just thought, man, when I thought about motherhood, I really did think of you, Tori, because you're in a season of stepping into a lot more of a kind of a different vehicle to use your calling in. And yet you are a mom, you're a mom and there's, that's come with challenge and that's come with beauty and all of it. So So I wanted to have this discussion for all of us that are like, man, how do we start to to step into more into our calling and more into what we see on the land and still kind of, and I hate the word balance, but really navigate the the motherhood portion and and the ministerially portion and lead from that honest place. And so I would love to hear just starting off, Tori, what it's been like for you this past year year, year and a half since you've joined Freedom Movement and you've kind of left, and, and we'll get to Arbonne because I want to talk about, or whatever, maybe we're not allowed to say it, but whatever the, the, the MLM you used to work for. <laughs> um, and, and just yeah. the differences of, of leading honestly in those two different spaces. So where you are in this past year with being a mom, mm-hmm. stepping into this really new realm and this new world and kind of this new vehicle within Freedom Movement and being this executive director and freedom movement, one of the executive directors, like what has like the honest place, the good and maybe the hard been for you? Yeah, this has actually been one of the more challenging years of motherhood. What's interesting is there's such a physical cost to your body in those early years. Like if you're listening and if you're breastfeeding and if you have children under the age of three, I've said, I have been quoted to have said in the past, if I had children handed to me being well-nurtured, good little humans at the age of four, I would have had like six or eight kids. <laughs> like those, are, those early years are so straining. And the margin mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, spiritually, and otherwise in that season is so much smaller. And so... In, in that season of motherhood, what was a little difficult for me to navigate, not a little bit, it was actually life altering to navigate, was becoming a mother a lot earlier than I expected mm. to. I became a mother at the age of 21. And in the midst of my husband's change in career and me just beginning to step into who I, who I felt like I was becoming and then being restrained by the limitation of motherhood. Yeah was extremely disorienting for me. Suddenly I couldn't say yes to everything. And there were seasons where I tried still Mm -hmm. to say yes to everything out of fear of missing out on my God-given calling Mm. because of these babies. And it took the first five years really of motherhood for the Lord to begin to refine me in understanding that embracing the tight limitations of motherhood in that season was where I wouldn't be forfeiting my calling, but refining and realizing Mm -hmm. it. Um, There's this book called Domestic Monastery um, that is, it's small. It's like a small little pamphlet, um, beautifully written, but it talks about how becoming a mother is even more refining than um, monastic Mm, work. I believe it. The author's the author's preface is basically saying that he he's a priest who has sat with many different people, different backgrounds. It's like the difference is that, you know, monks or people who give their life to celibacy learn the refinement of, you know, the presence of God. There's silence and stillness and solitude over long stretches of prayer and keeping themselves restrained from the world. Whereas mothers learn it in the midst of chaos and snacks and poopy diapers and sleepless nights. And he said, 
that when he sits with a mother who has attuned her heart to the voice of God in the midst of the gift of, you know, motherhood, that they are more well refined and closer to the heart of God and carry a presence and an understanding of who God is to the world that no other, no other avenue can Come teach on. you. But we live in this like culture that's like, be your super mom where you say yes to everything. And mm. there's a lot of comparison, obviously, through social media outlets that we've never had before and a kind of a lack of value mm -hmm. when it comes to just stewarding your home. And so that was disorienting for me in my early 20s. I was fresh out of college. I was bush-eyed, uh, wide-eyed, bushy-tails. that how you mm -hmm. say it? Like, put me in coach, put me in Jesus. I'm ready to do your right. work. And then I get pregnant and I'm like, this is not what I thought that my work would be. Oh, but I mean, it's so good. So well, well I, I'm, I asked you a question, yeah. but now this brings me to another question, which I think will lead to okay. this other one, because, because this yeah. is a naturally good conversation. This is why I love the honest pod, because it's like, where's the spirit going? But you, you, you did want to be put in and you, and you were, because I know your story, in need of making finance, like there was a financial need that needed to be cared for. And you already yes. are a worker by nature. And so here you are, you have this little kid and you, you know, then have Amara and now you have these two little kids and you need to make money. And like leading honestly in that season, I mean, what, what did that look like and what did that cost you? Oh. I really didn't lead honestly in that season. Okay, good. If Tell anything, us. I, I remember oh. um, my, my therapist last year, the year before, when I, I visited her for something different, but she was walking me through a lot of that season because um, I needed it. <laughs> and at least I had that going for me um, among some other really good mentors in that season. But she's like, you know, Tori, what's different about you now this is actually post-freedom movement work. This is post-trauma-informed -tra um, coaching and story work. She's like, what's different about you now is that you don't turn everything into a motivational speech. Mm. You don't do that anymore. And she's like, here's the thing. You're a communicator. You're called to use your voice to rally people to the presence of God and truth and love. But the way that you did it before was very um, manipulative. Oh. Like she was very honest of like, you would take your hard, dark nights of the soul and you would repackage them to be marketing material that would further your own physical needs, wow. you know, that would keep you in cycles of striving mm -hmm. and dishonesty. I mean, I remember driving to um, my network marketing events, or I was uh, really ambitious in that season. It was a beautiful season. It was an awakening season. I desired to have, to contribute to finances and I was being poured into, like, it's not all right. bad, but for me, I didn't have the support and I didn't have the boundaries to where I would be driving a couple of hours to these small gatherings in hopes to sell some products and gain some new business partners. And I would bring my children with me for those trips because my husband was on the road and my sweet little Amara, she could not handle being in the car. She would scream and cry for our two hour drive the entire mm. time. And I would disembody. I would grip the steering wheel and take deep breaths and try to drown her out and still my nervous system to be like, this is for her good. It's for the future. It's for her college education someday, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. It's for her food next right. week. Like that's the reality. Um, only to get there, close the door, stand outside the car for a, for a few seconds and take a few deep breaths, breaths and then put a smile on and walk in and go, who wants to join my you know, thing and be a present and blah, 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 mom and make money and do that. And I just would very quickly package it up because I needed a hope to hold on to that I wasn't like doing this mm. wrong. And yet I couldn't sleep at night. I, you know, like there was just so much anxiety wrapped around my need for performance and results in that area of my life to justify that I was more than just a mm. mom. So almost every single decision hinged on my like putting my heels in to go, I will not be just a mom. And the moms that settle 
and the moms that only stay home and the moms that choose nap time over their responsibilities are weak. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't until crawling into my story the last three years where I can actually have compassion and grieve the fact that that was the motivation behind so many of my choices in those early seasons of motherhood, because I didn't know another way. I, I didn't know how to grieve that season of loss and didn't know how to submit to tighter limitations because I believed my worth was so deeply hinged on my ability to perform and provide mm. that presence with my children wasn't something that I greatly valued or prioritized mm -hmm. for a long, long time. And what did that lose? And what did that still, cost you? It cost me rest. It cost me presence. Mm. Um, it, it actually even cost me growth in my business. Like for those of you who are listening and you are entrepreneurs, even in the multi-level marketing realm or otherwise, um, my inability to trust other people and to honor my boundaries made sure that all of this, all of the plates were spinning in my hands and within my control. And that actually kept me from greater success in that mm. realm. I was, un, you know, I was unwilling to receive um, support and entrust leaders mm. with their responsibilities. I took it on myself and that lack of maturity in my leadership for both my home to prioritize my children's well-being um, ended up painting a business opportunity for the people that were following me that were looking at me and going, I don't want what she has. Once they got close mm -hmm. enough and the motivational speech had ended, then they're looking at me and going, this is, are you okay? Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> you know, I have good friends that were still, you know, that were business partners at the time going, Tori, I, I think you might be doing this mm -hmm. wrong, you know, and they were right. How long did that go I on? I didn't know another way. Seven years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then what, what, Seven then what years. happened? Why all of a sudden you're leading honestly? Well, you're not leading honestly, like you said, but you didn't really know you weren't. Yeah. You were doing as honest as you no. could, but something was, yeah. and I, I've heard you say this before, like I knew I was, I, I was, I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, but there was, there was always a wrestle in me of like, like you said, like a disembodiment, like there's a conscious decision in that moment of like, I need to remove myself from my body. So even though you didn't maybe have language to that, you knew something in totality wasn't right, but you, this is what you knew. You've known since you were a kid to work. Like you work, you do, yeah. you provide your, your body is a means to begin to do work. And so here you are. So seven years into this and, and what begins to, what, what's honestly put in front of your face that begins to make a change? An invitation to grieve actually largely from you. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was actually getting what I worked so hard to achieve, finally realizing those goals and to turn back and go, oh no, I thought that this would be my permission slip wow. to rest. I thought that this would be my permission slip to engage my calling in other areas and avenues. I thought that this would provide the safety necessary for me to be settled in my mind and my heart and my body. And yet I crossed the finish line for these big monumental goals in my professional life only to be met with another starting line. Mm. And the anxiety of that was overwhelming. Mm. And my body was really um, tired and I didn't know how to name it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was um, doing burpees in the backyard after the kids went to sleep and only eating the things deemed quote clean from the diet standard cultures and doing everything external behavior modification. We talk about a lot in Freedom Academy and our trainings to secure a place of love and joy and belonging internally. Mm. And when I look back on um, even my relationship with my husband and friends, there was so much invitation from others going, Tori, we just want you to be mm. here. But the, you know, the unrest that I would feel in my body if I wasn't producing something made me feel like if I don't continue at the pace that I'm continuing, if I don't continue to see the growth that I'm seeing, then everything that I love and everything that gives me worth and purpose in my life will be taken away from oh. me. So I can't stop. So 
and the aftermath of of diving into my particularly my relationship with responsibility and um, how that translated into maladaptive forms of security in overworking and perfectionism and guarding. Mm. I found that in deep rooted seasons that happened right at the very beginning of my motherhood Mm. journey, like it was the first year of my motherhood journey where my husband left to go do what felt like my calling. Mm -hmm. And I was left at home to change diapers and, and fold laundry. And it felt like I got benched by Mm. God and my closest friends and my husband, that deep rooted rejection and the lack of clarity and containment from people around me in my life to go, Tori, you we need you as a part of this team for this purpose, Mm -hmm. or even just helping me understand the belonging and the desire for my presence there wasn't given to me. And so I had to resolve to go, well, embracing my place looks like me making the money at home all alone so that they can go and do the ministry, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so much of my life turned into here's my life. Here's their life. My job is to work hard enough to secure life for my kids, life for my husband, life for our ministry. And it required largely so many parts of me to die and to be sacrificed in that process. So what did it cost me? It cost me the joy and presence of being alive in that season. It cost me just, Mm. you know, um, it cost me settledness, a settled presence with my children that Now we're unraveling in this season of going, oh, I think a lot of my need for overachieving and overworking stems to create some unhealthy Mm. patterns for my kids and um, healing presence and love and desire in my marriage that doesn't hinge on me needing to perform for it it or having everything pieced Mm -hmm. together for it and healing friendships Mm. in this season that largely I didn't fully, I always felt like I had to be the answer Mm. girl for everybody else's problems. Why? Because I was taking unhealed areas of my life and my relationship and my wounding and packaging it into Instagram posts and inspirational speeches where I positioned myself as the go-to know-it-all girl that everybody could come to for advice, but I would barricade myself in isolation that uh, kept me from being able to be honest and vulnerable with anyone else other than my therapist mm-hmm. once a month for an hour where I'd walk into the room and I'd be like, it's just not okay. Everything is, why am I crying? You know, just like, are you all right? But then even leaving no. that space like a, okay, I I left that there. Now I'm going to, now I'm just going to plow yeah. and let's go. And, and I wonder, you know, for the women that are sitting listening to this, that gosh, this is so relatable in so many different aspects. And yet it's not like you sit here today across from me going, yeah. And now I'm just a stay at home mom. And that's what I do. And like there, no. you are still working, you are still producing, you are still creating, you are still, and there are, but there are some massive differences in the girl that was yeah. creating and mothering from, you know, as honest places she could have and, and who you are today and where I feel that there's a much more honesty of what you can and can't do. And what, what are some of the things that are different now, both practicality and emotionally in how you're mothering and leading in this space you are in now? Because you are still working. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't ever a season where I could just completely peace out from that Mm -hmm. role for practically for my family. And that's true of so many other women in this time and age, because economically we need more than one income. It's the reason why multi-level marketing businesses and virtual assistant businesses and other, you know, virtual forms of income are available, especially post pandemic. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing women navigate uh, just their desire for rest and for fluidity in their day to day. And then like, I need to wake up at 5 a.m. and get things done. And, you know, so what shifted is all internal. Mm. Um, And in that internal shift, there is an external response. And so, you know, if you peel back specifically um, 
to peel back all of the ways that you secure for yourself worthiness, secure for yourself purpose, and what you would refer to as calling, Mm -hmm. maybe, if you're a a Christian listening to this, the ways that you um, externally from your inward being, and that actually includes your Mm -hmm. children. Um, If you peel those things away, you're left with an internal reality, your your very essence, your heart, your soul, your mind, your body, um, that these are the only, your soul is the only thing that you take from this life into the Mm -hmm. next. So it was actually going inward that allowed for the external peace because inwardly in those early years of motherhood, I believed that I was being benched by God Mm -hmm. and that I was unwanted in my circles of influence Um, that I had been rejected and that I didn't, I did something wrong um, to keep myself from being able to be called by God to do something as impressive and good as my husband and my Mm. friends. Um, And so I attached myself to different places where I could secure that love and belonging and purpose. So it comes down to safety and Safety for me was secured in my ability to produce an income and not just like a regular income, but you add on the complexities of a network marketing entrepreneurial journey where it's like, I remember one conference, the theme was you are limitless (laughs) and they had like a song for it and stuff. And everyone's like, yeah, you can reach for the stars and it's limitless. And I remember the urgency and the lack of settling that I felt in that room of going, that means that I'll never arrive to a place where I've arrived, which is what I wanted. Was the Which also robs you of any to, hope of rest. Yes. To a point where I'm like, okay, this is beautiful. I have a compensation plan that doesn't like hinge me, but I am limited. Mm-hmm. I'm yes, limited we are. physically. I am limited, you know. So the first year where I really began changing was I just took inventory of what are my day-to-day behaviors that feed into a lack of unsettled rest in my inward being. And a couple of them were more practical. It was like, I can't take Zoom calls after 7 p.m. because my kid's bedtime. Um, And I had to face the belief, like, that means I'm uncommitted and irresponsible. Mm. I'm not showing up to these meetings in the evening. I couldn't commit to more than one thing once a week for my church and volunteering. I had to actually take inventory on how limited Mm -hmm. I was um, and face the tension of what it felt like to say no to things intentionally for a year and allow the dust to settle to go, hmm, what am I actually responsible for and to? which allowed for so much more margin with my kids to just exist and be rather than being responsible to everyone else around me. I had to choose responsibility to my home and the well-being of my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, connected to that was my own well-being and space to be able to just exist apart from what I do for others or what I bring in practically for the mm-hmm. home. And um, in that year of of settling and untethering, then there was the curiosity with the Lord of what could be added back in that still needed to be tended to, to see, should this stay or should this go each quarter, Mm -hmm. each month, even, um, how is this, what fruit is this producing in my inward Mm. being? Um, and, but I don't think I could have done any of that work even externally because I tried to do all of the boundary setting and, oh, well, it's a problem with waking up earlier or, (laughs) Oh, it's a problem with, it's an external problem for me. No, it was an internal reality problem that hinged in my story Mm. from as early as eight years Mm -hmm. old, that it wasn't until someone named Tori, you actually have some wounding in your story, you largely Mm -hmm. and the freedom movement team that you're going to need to wrestle out because what you're sharing with us in this story as an eight-year-old is now surfacing for you in your life as a 27, 28-year-old mother of two. And how much longer do you want to continue to repeat this Mm -hmm. pattern? It just looks different for you at 28 than it did at eight. Let's talk about that and process and grieve it. And now it's like, it's amazing the work of grief Mm. 
where it can take something that you are completely unaware is present in your day-to-day life, like a weight, like like as if you're carrying a bag of rocks or a backpack that and trying to do the things that you that sh- you have to do. I need to cook dinner. I need to provide for my family, but you're doing it weighed down. Yeah. When you begin to do your story work and you grieve, it's like the rocks start getting taken out from the backpack of I actually don't have to carry that mm-hmm. anymore. And suddenly, oh, doing doing my dishes or my dinner and asking for help and receiving help and, you know, getting the work done throughout my day to day isn't weighed down by this desire to prove and to perform that was so deeply embedded in my story. Grief was what unloaded the backpack to create that Mm, ease. So good. I just, you know, I'm just thinking about the women that are sitting and listening to this and, you know, in practicality, we, we are a people of tools, like give me the steps, like, What's the one, two, threes that I, you know, can do. And, and one of the things that we actually talked about this last weekend was, you know, creating a boundary plan and how do you create a boundary plan, all this stuff. And one of the things, the very last one on the boundary plan that we help you with is um, reassess often. And it's that constantly looking, going, okay, is this still serving me? Is this what I'm doing here? Is this still serving me? And what I hear you saying is that there was a continual kind of looking back at going, okay, now that I've set this boundary, I'm doing it a little bit. It does this still serve me? And as a woman, you know, you homeschool, you work with freedom movement, you do a couple of little side hustle situations and you're a wife Mm -hmm. and you work at your church and volunteer and we just had a lunch, mm-hmm. you know, our dinner discussion at Ramadudadu, whatever that place was called. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, didn't sit, didn't, the people are listening to me and like, yeah, what? We, it was a ramen place. Did, <laughs> didn't sit well with Tori sit for another day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My stomach was so wrecked after that ramen for two days. I'm like, what did we eat? And I, over here, <laughs> the steel trap, cool. I was like, I was great. Let's go back tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) we were sitting there talking and it was so interesting having the conversation with you because, and I have conversations with you often and you again, reassessing, you know, is homeschool for me is what what kind of a commitment, you know, the fuller commitment to freedom movement do I want to be moving into? And what does it look like with my church? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that when we lead honestly in motherhood, especially in motherhood, with every year, our child, children are changing. And therefore, Absolutely. although we're doing all this work and we're growing, we are changing as well. And so that there has to be, and this is something I want to give you guys practically, that there has to be a constant reassessment of how am I showing up in this space and is it still serving the values that I hold and is it moving me towards the preferred future that I have? I want to give you guys an example really quick. I was talking to a friend on the phone yesterday and she said, hey, I need some um, and you know, kind of advice or whatever on a situation I am. And the situation that she was in is she had this retreat planned. Now, I, Tori, I'm going to be so interested to hear what you think about this because I, this really took me back of like, wow, okay, I need to think about that. But she has this retreat plan. She's been working on this retreat since June and like it's okay. money in, it's actually a retreat. It's my friend, Jen, she could, she's going to talk about this, but it's in Bob, at Bob Goff's like situation, you know, so this is like oh, a cool. cool retreat and a pretty penny, you know, like you've, you've signed a contract you're yeah. in. Well, unbeknownst to her, her daughter who cheers is been cheering. They've never gone. They've gone to state, but they've never even made it. Well, they they made it past this one level or not state, but competitions, nationals. And they made it. Well, they ended up winning the nationals and are going to state. And they're going to state the exact same weekend as this retreat in January. The sting, right? And she's like calling me like, What do you know? What do you, what do we, what do I do? You know, like, what is your gut telling you? And she's like, and this is, you know, where she looks, she goes, These are my values. My values is family, kingdom over everything, family over everything, you know. And like, I, she's like, I, I have to, I have to cancel it. I have to cancel this retreat. Now she has like all these people signed up, all this stuff. And I go, Why do you think you need to cancel it? And she's like, Because I have one. 
I have this one daughter that is going to be graduating. This is this the state is a really, it's not just like another, like just, you know, football game. It's, it's state. And she's the cheer captain and all these things. And I got off the phone with her and I'm like, man, first of all, I've never ever admired her more. She, she canceled it. She canceled yeah. the retreat. She's going to be on the phone with them actually today, but she will have already made the decisions by the time you guys hear this hoping to get either her money back or switch the dates or whatever. And I just thought, man, you know, as we lead honestly in, in motherhood, there is a balance between sacrifice for our family, sacrifice for the kingdom. And that like, that like real gray area of God, you have to lead. I think, man, like how often would I have laid down the retreat, you know, and go, I'm going to trust that the Lord has this. And then I'm, when I'm talking about the amount, like it is a lot of money that she could potentially lose if they don't let her like reschedule or if somebody doesn't fill the spot. And I mean, a lot of money. And I'm like, would I have done that? Would I have dropped it down? What does it mean to lead honestly, to lead as a leader, a ministerial leader, to lead honestly in motherhood and is motherhood and the the raising up of the kingdom within our home is that more important than killing it for the kingdom and 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 I can't say that everybody's decision that everybody has to drop what they're doing but I think in leading honestly it is a constant reassessment right of going okay lord what do you want me to do here and I wonder for you, yeah. Tori, and the reason why I brought that up is because I see you doing this often, especially because you're in a very new season of what you've stepped into. Yes. And there is like almost on like a monthly basis, we're having these kind of wrestled out discussions of like, what does it mean to show up honestly for myself, for my kids, for my God, for my husband, for my team? Mm-hmm. What is that? When I say all of that, how does that resonate with you? What comes up for you when I kind of bring up that thought? Yeah. Well, it's funny you're saying this and then Amara is here asking a question. Do you have a question? What is it? When Quickly. Are we, when are we going to leave to get my Christmas clothes? <laughs> We're going to get your Christmas clothes after this. Okay. I will let you know though. And I'm recording right now. So you need to go in the other room. Take oh. your kitty. Yeah. She's like, oh. We're a hundred percent not editing that. Okay. Um, when are we going to go to get my Christmas clothes? Because let's, I'm going to need you to reassess your personal feelings right now, lady. I need you too. I know you're recording a podcast, but really, this is important <laughs> to me. I need these Christmas clothes. Honestly, relatable. Uh, I There was once where my pastor uh, got a phone call from her adult daughter in the middle of, uh, she keeps her phone on her in that season. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was speaking at a different church, uh, and paused when she saw her daughter call. Cause her daughter knows what's going on in her schedule and stuff. And she paused the entire church service and was like, excuse me, my daughter's calling. She wouldn't call unless it was important. I'm going to have to answer this, put the full, you know, pause when someone lives integrous to their values, yeah. even if it means that there's, um, you know, I don't know, potential disappointment mm-hmm. or letdown mm-hmm. or frustration for the person. I would be personally frustrated if I paid money, if I was planning on a retreat to happen or whatever. It is so countercultural. The The tendency would be, you know, Amara, just like I remember when I was leading um, in my Arbonne business, when my kids would come that way, I wouldn't have handled it that way. It would have been like a, you know, mm-hmm. you do the mom snap. Yeah. Like I'm, I would be on the phone mm-hmm. with a potential client and my kids would be asking a question. Yeah. Like snapping and yeah. like looking at them, like with the crazy yeah. mama. Like, be quiet, you know? And I just started thinking, is this who I want to become? Mm. Do I want my kids to know that at any point in any time, like there's appropriate boundaries, but when they need me there, that I would rather not be anywhere else in the world doing anything else other than, you know, fulfilling a calling that is uniquely mine. Nobody else is my mom's or my kid's right. mom. So it is very, it, 
it le- you lean in with curiosity when somebody takes bold, sacrificial steps to honor obedience, mm. like mm-hmm. Jen. So props to mm-hmm. you, Jen. Because the truth is, next year and the years following, I know her. She's going to be leading yep. retreats. She's going to be speaking on stages. She because she's going to be pouring into women. But the recognition of there is only one time that my daughter is going to be graduating, living in this season. Me showing up for her has a ripple effect in our relationship for mm-hmm. decades upon mm-hmm. decades after this after this point. And it's less about the action itself. And it's more, more about the heart where I know it could also feel like for the daughter, if I don't win, like, will it be mm-hmm. worth it to mom? And it's like, no, the whole point is that you mm-hmm. know that you are my first priority before my ministry, before my calling. Like, are you willing to lay down everything else for the purpose of living in integrity mm-hmm. to your true God-given calling in the inward places? Because if you're thinking, remember when I was talking about stripping things back, the very external shell of my identity and my calling is like, would be the retreat situation, you know, he's hosting this retreat for thousands of other people or hundreds of other people. One layer in would be her team and her, her employee base, but another layer relationally in would be her family and her intimate friends where she's calling Mm -hmm. you for a reason. She's not calling some random girl who's coming to the event. What do you think? And then there's even deeper places of intimacy with the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit where you have to actually ask God, what is your heart for this? What, what, which decision will produce the fruit of the spirit in Mm -hmm. our home, which, which one is actually requires more faith. (laughs) Yeah. And the, and And the the truth being that you can have, I could have that same situation happen and the Holy Spirit be like, no, this is a really good lesson for your daughter to learn and, and, you know, or whatever. And oftentimes I find that God has me choose my children over, um, my things that I'm producing and doing, but there has been things where I, and that just happened. I was supposed to go on a trip this next summer and the Lord didn't even tell me why I'm not supposed to go on this trip, but it just was really clear that I wasn't. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's my kids, maybe it's this. And I still don't really know, but it's in that where I'm like, yeah. as, a, as a mom, the way I'm going to lead honestly in motherhood is a complete surrender to God has called me to build. He's called me to create and build and do. And I'm, you know, you and I are very similar in this. We're uniquely wired to grow things, to build things. And that's our gift. And I, you know, that I, I'm proud of that. And I'm really excited about that. However, the balance is going to have to be, or the invitation really, because there's not really a balance. Sometimes it's more kids and less building. And sometimes it's more building and less kids. And, you know, there's, but the invitation is constantly going, Lord, where do you want me? What do you want me to do with this? And where do you want me to go? And that's why that conversation at the ramen place was like, yeah, I'm working through this next year of homeschooling. I'm working through, you know, what does it mean to commit to freedom movement more or do more here? Or do we want to do this mentorship and all these things that we've been working through? It's not just like a plug and play. There is real things to consider for the short season that we have our children and the different seasons that they're in. When you, my kids Absolutely. were your kids' age, 10, and how old Amara? Four or five? She's six. And 11, 11 and, and six. six. That's I right. So right 11 now. and six, when they were a little bit younger than that, the ability for me to be able to travel and go was fine. Mari was there a lot and it was just fine. For my family, it was okay. And then they moved yeah. into this season for the past couple of years where it has just not been okay. Like Roma is not okay with it. And her, now she's never said, don't leave whatever. Now she always cried. It was always hard, but I knew in my spirit, like she's okay. And for my daughter and, uh, and now I just have this sense, no, and this is, and and I want to hear what you feel about this because again, our kids are in different seasons, but my daughter going into junior, being in junior high, there there's a real need for me and she's my daughter and not my sons. My sons were different. They just were, they were just different. And my daughter needs me in a way that she has not needed me before. And so the amount of speaking and traveling I'm doing is like, it's like 95% less. I mean, it's substantially less. 
Have you felt that or seen that? Like from the girl that was hustling with her kids in the back of the car, going everywhere they needed to go to really the assessment that you're doing on even a monthly basis with your kids now. Gosh, yeah. I remember being at a mom's group where I opened up the conversation asking all of the moms to find another mom in the room and describe how they perceived that person in one word. Mm. So, um, you know, if I looked at Carrie and like came up with a word of I'm inspired Mm -hmm. or you're inspiring or, you know, you're kind, you're whatever. Well, this girl that I don't know very well, but we had been in, in mom's group for a while. She said one word, hmm, strong. And it's kind of surprised me. And as I've done work, around my story mm-hmm. and I've untethered from the need to pr- to prove and prove that I'm the super mom that can do it all that isn't just mm. a mom. Um, the word that people are is using they're using a little bit more frequently is kind and wise mm. which still comes with the element of strength sure. it's never not going to be a part sure. of me but it's it's almost um I don't know, highlighted and given new color and depth and grounding in that, yes, I am strong, but I can also be kind and flexible and I can also be wise about where my strengths are, are, um, entrusted. When you think of the word, uh, when you think of the word integrity, it's so, I know we use the word integrity when it comes to values But also when you think of structural integrity, where you can only take a certain capacity before that building is no longer integrous, you're, you're potentially creating damage and the floor could cave in and it's not created. Integrity is allowing a building or a person's life and, you know, what something was created for to be used for in the capacity in which it was created Mm. for. So when you're in motherhood seasons, like I'm a woman of many passions. I am a woman of many desires, motherhood being one of them. And I have a lot of life to live to allow those desires to play out in full fruition. I'm believing that Lord willing. So when I think it all has to happen in this one season, then I live outside the integrity of that season. If I were to take a timeline from this moment into, you know, Lord willing, I'm still doing ministry in some capacity till the very day mm-hmm. I die. Right. You know, it'll be way less. But like, for example, right now in this season, I'm 32. So my health and well being doesn't take as much margin out of my day to day life. When I'm watching my grandma, who's 90, her health, takes up 80% of her margin. She's thinking, what pills am I taking? Which doctor visit am I going wow. to? Oh, I can only clean my kitchen for so long before I'm, I'm out of breath. I need to sit down. Her physical capacity is so much smaller at 90. So she serves very minimally in her church. Me right now, my health is, you know, it barely takes up space. I rely on my body and it functions pretty good for me at right. 32. Whereas relationally, my margin right now with homeschooling, my children and my husband being home, takes up a significant margin of my schedule and energy and focus. And my grandma, every time I call her, I'm like, how are you doing? She's like, well, it was another day alone and or I had card games with my girlfriends on Wednesday or I went to church on Sunday, but her relational margin is so small. It's not... She's not powering out. So when I outline how much of each of these major areas of my life, my work, my relational energy, my physical energy, um, how much is that playing out within the integrity Mm. of the capacity of my life? When my children are in their 20s, I would imagine my capacity would look a little different in my day-to-day time spent with them, Lord willing. <laughs> right. Jesus. Um, you know, let them mm-hmm. fly, Lord, in all the healthy ways. Um, and yet also I'll still need to be present. And it's not like they're not gonna be like not a part of that life, but that will open up so much margin for some of the things I desire to do in my forties right. and fifties, you know, that I can't have the capacity for now. But the the um message of that limitless mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. message that was spoken to me at that conference years ago is so counter cultural. Um, living within the margins of your integrity is so frowned upon. You're you're seen as weak or mm-hmm. incapable or uncommitted, and it's stronger. It's seventy five hard. It's not seventy five soft. Right. You know. <laughs> Um, and so the invitation from God is what does it look like for you to settle in to the capacity of this mm-hmm. season and all the beautiful dimensions in which I've called you to that are so uniquely mm-hmm. yours, but to embrace them within the boundaries of my love and the boundaries of your, of the capacity that I've created yeah. you with that unlocks like an yeah. ease. It unlocks a. I can trust that I don't have to do that this month. I don't have to write that book this month. I don't have to finish that school project this Mm -hmm. year. There's time, Mm -hmm. like the invitation into trusting Mm -hmm. him. It's so good. And, you know, I think about like, you know, the demand of my children when they were your kid's age, there is more of a demand. There is the interruption of, you know, I need the Christmas dress. When are we going to go get that right now? Where okay, is, although go? my daughter just walked in and is like, walk past the thing, like, hey, are you coming out? Can I have a snack? <laughs> but the, the tr- yeah, I mean, the truth is, is that my, I have an 18 year old, a 16 year old and a 13 year old. I have three teenagers, two of them drive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of margin now for the things that I want to do. However, there's been an interruption in my spirit of like, just because I can go and do this right now. And really they are technically fine. They can get their own dinners. They yeah. can do their own, you know, they can do the things there, there, this, yeah. there is an interruption to my, you know, Proverbs 16, nine in his heart, a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. There's an interruption in this plan that says, oh, I can go do this. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. I actually think that she, even though physically is fine, emotionally needs me. And I think, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up this thought, like uh, what I want to offer to you is is the idea around leading honestly in motherhood is constant assessment. It's a constant assessment of where am I? Where is God? Where's my family? And, and, and how are those working together? And I I love, I hope you guys, I I want you guys to go re-listen to what Tori just said around those margin places, you know, between the juxtaposition between her grandmother and her, like that is gold right there because it's going to help go that's the assessment piece. Like, where am I? And not just what do my kids need physically or what does my, my uh, ministry need, you know, of me, where, where is God wanting me to be putting my time and my energy? And am I functioning in a place of allowing myself to be interrupted by the spirit and moving and stewarding what's in my hands with honor and integrity? Um, which is, is just so good. Uh, So, so good. Well, last thoughts. I would love yeah, to hear present. just any last thought. Like you got a mom, she's sitting on the other line here. She's listened to this and she's like, you know, she's she's got some kids and she's got some dreams and she's got some stuff that she's kind of like, man, mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I want to serve God. I want to do some cool things. I do maybe want to write that book or I do want to, you know, serve in my church and I, mm-hmm. and wherever her kids are in whatever age they're, they're, they're at what is something that you would just kind of leave with them to, to lead honestly from a place of motherhood? You know, what would you, what would you invite her into? Maybe two things. One is just because you can, doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you should. It's not just about um, your God given ability or a message that God's entrusted you with. It's also about the time and the placement. And I know the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. will show you what that uniquely looks like for you. But oftentimes we see, um, the Davids who are anointed for a, a high calling that are then invited into decades of refinement before they step fully into the role of that okay. assignment. And your hidden years in motherhood or your hidden years around the dinner table, whether they're teenagers or whether they're six-year-olds shopping for Christmas okay. dresses, they're actually seen by your children they're not hidden to everyone. They're seen mm-hmm. by them. There's um, there's so much goodness in that. And if Jesus needed 30 hidden years before he stepped into the limelight of the f- fruition of his calling for three, that's not right. wasted time. It's refined time. And 
um, yeah, your willingness to, to entrust yourself fully to the God who judges justly and directs your steps in the hidden seasons will set you up for integrity mm-hmm. in which you'll lead in your future seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then just the, the comparison between delight mm-hmm. and demand. And we talked a lot about this in our certification mm-hmm. program, um, that there is often, you can't, you can't remain present with your children or present to a season or even present to the voice mm-hmm. of God without security mm-hmm. and safety. You can't hear mm-hmm. his voice. And if you're not hearing his voice, you could be doing really, really good things that are still disobedient. Right. Um, so so let and follow the invitation of the Holy Spirit, however it looks like to heal and get even deeper in honesty with where you truly are, not just what it looks like or or where you think that you are, to be brutally honest about the reality of your heart in the mm. secret place with God and with someone who's trustworthy and begin to explore the root systems of the wounding and the, mm. and the lies that come from that place that could still be very well present, even in your righteous right. doing. Um, because you want to live a life of integrity and peace and presence and safety is secured on the other mat, on the other side of grieving what needs to be grieved and um, believing mm-hmm. what is true about who you are and who God is and your place uniquely mm, in this so good for your phone for your family yes your so good yeah. well guys you know as ladies as you're listening to this you know I just I want you to be able to just take to heart the fact that you've got uh, a woman sitting here who's 32 and another one who's 49 I'll be 50 in a few months and six months or so and I just I look back on those early days and just such the desire of like, put me in coach. Like I, I just, I want to go, I want to do. And I used to get so annoyed with older moms or older women being like, you know, you're going to blink and then it's over and and I'm like, no, I feel like I'm very much in it. And I just very much want to be used for God and really sitting on this side. It's not that I, you know, wasn't being used for God. I just needed to redirect what that looked like and find that, you know, there, there is time. And I just felt like there wasn't, I felt like, man, I, if I'm not going to be used right now, there's going to be no time for me to be used. And everyone else is passing me by and they're all killing it for the kingdom. And I'm over here changing diapers. And this just feels like yuck. And, and, and yet there was what looking back, there was a lot that God gave me that I was doing in ministerially. It was on a smaller scale than it is right now. Um, but man, it robbed me of so much that desire to just go and do of all the things that I wanted to go and do that were desires of my heart. It robbed me of so much those early years that I can't get back. And I wish I mm-hmm. could. It's, it, it is the pausing of let my daughter interrupt a podcast and just be like, when are we getting to go get my Christmas dress? Like those are the things that <laughs> I would have not been able to appreciate. And it would have been interrupting me being seen as, you know, really amazing. And I'm sharing all my mm-hmm. wisdom rather than the beauty of what it showed what it could, what it showed to all of us is that you can actually still do really good work for the ministry and be interrupted by your six-year-old daughter who needs to get a Christmas dress. Like it can, it can all be there. It's just going to come. Yeah. In the, in the invitation of interruption and assessment, like where are your values and what's important? Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, the last thing I'll say is one of the things that's been really beautiful for both Tori and myself is we've surrounded ourselves with other people. Like that we aren't just doing all of this work on our own. We aren't healing on our own. We aren't doing our story work on our own. We aren't aren't working on our own. We aren't mothering Mm -hmm. on our own. We are doing this together. And I think to lead honestly in motherhood is to understand that really we were made for a village and we were made to raise our children and to do our ministerial work and to pass on the knowledge that God has given us within the context of village and community And that is where we actually find less striving and less like I got to do, 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 because we start to find the play and the enjoyment outside of the demand. Um, And that's, that's beautiful. So anyway, Tori, thank you so much for coming on. I could talk for hours with you because we actually do talk for hours, Um, (laughs) but it's just such a delight having you on and, and just what it means to balance for both of us. 
And I was thinking about like, what's a word I would, what would I say about Tori? Like, yes, strength. Yes. But you, you, if I were to, to sum you up in a word, what you've meant for me has been a container, like a holder of, Hmm. a holder of all of the, the chaos, the crazy, the vision, the, the excitement, the bigness, the dreams, the, the heartache, all the stuff that I have brought that I have had to contain by myself and with, with everybody, you know, like for everybody, you have come in and been Mm. a really great container and holder for all these things that God has given. And uh, containers have to be strong. They have to be kind. They have to, you know, they have to be steady, um, all of those things. And really, you really have been that for me and have been that for our organization and and are that for many. And there's such beauty in that. It's been mm-hmm. so beautiful to see that. So thank you. I wanted to give you that yeah. word. So I love you. Thank you. Yes. That. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for thank listening. You, and as always, we just thank you guys so much for showing up in the world a little more honestly, to show up with the Lord, with yourself and with others a little more honestly. There is nothing good that comes from severing parts of you to try to kill it for something. What, where, where the goodness is, is like Tori said, it's in the grief on, although that's painful, it comes from the honest places of our heart and grief when it's tended to really does produce gratitude. So thank you guys for being here and thank you, Tori, for being here. We'll see you guys next week. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always.